Bond here's New York City headquarters with a breaking news podcast. I'm Adam Teeter. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And Zach, we are coming uh, out this morning with a uh, last-minute podcast to discuss tariffs that were just passed um, today. Today is Wednesday, October 2nd, so you're listening to this uh, October 3rd uh, in the morning. Um, if you listen to this a little bit later, things might have changed uh, since we've recorded this. Please be aware of that. But we're here to talk really briefly about tariffs that uh, the United States government has just passed on <clears throat> lots of the the alcohols that many of us really enjoy. So um, as of this moment at 5.30 p.m. on uh, October 2nd, Eastern Standard Time, uh, we've just um, understood that the U.S. government under the Trump administration has released, uh, announced a tariff of 25% on French wine, uh, single malt scotch, pretty much every cheese made in Italy, France, Germany, et cetera. Um, Italian liqueurs, which depending on how that's defined by the United States government, we'd have to really get into TTB definitions, but that would be things like Amaro, potentially Campari, Aperol, if they're considered liqueurs, et cetera, all will um, now face a 25% tax. Uh, interestingly, the one um, wine that is excluded, so basically the in terms of wine, the U.S. government's going after uh, Germany, the United Kingdom, uh, France, uh, and Hungary for some reason. Uh, Italy is actually excluded from the wine tax of 20 of the wine tariff of 25%, um, but they are excluding Tokai, which is really interesting. Um, but English sparkling will be then subject. I would assume German Rieslings, et cetera. Um, so this is, uh, this, is, this is pretty big news. Um, you know, Zach, what do you think? Well, you know, I, I didn't think when we started doing this podcast that we would have to do a breaking news podcast ever. It's not generally our, uh, our beat, but, uh, but sometimes life comes at you fast. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think there are a couple thoughts that I have on this. I mean, first of all, there does seem to be Let's put it this way. There's not a clear through line in my mind of the things that are and are not being subject to this tariff. Other than that, they are, frankly, like things that you and I and people like us enjoy. And maybe there's the the thought is, you know, in this sort of battle of tariffs, and this is all kind of connected to um, a claim that the U.S. has in front of the World Trade Organization about European um, sort of support for Airbus and and airplane manufacturing and blah, 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 stuff that's not super relevant to our listeners, I don't think. Um, but it is really like, it's, I mean, God, it's it's depressing to think about what this can mean for uh, people who enjoy any of these products if this persists for any period of time. And I think, you know, the, the biggest question I think that, that we can't answer yet because it's, you know, I don't even think these tariffs have technically come into force since oh, <laughs> at this point when we're recording this, is, you know, how are importers and distributors of these products going to handle it you know how is that cost it's going to get passed along to consumers obviously but how how badly are we going to see prices jump and how soon right and just just to jump in really quickly um i'm still reading the actual uh tariff document that was released so i did leave off and i don't want to i want to make sure i don't um that spain is also subject to the wine tariff what's Mm -hmm. also interesting about the wine tariff is which just kind of is mind-boggling. Um, it's only for wines under 14% alcohol. So the Tokai exclusion is there, but also I guess any wine over 14% alcohol is yeah. not subject to the tariff, which is really weird. So like I guess you know a lot of – our, our, how many of those wines in, in these styles are safe? Like maybe some Ribera del Dueros and stuff are like, yes, we're good to go. Um, Shots enough to pop, that kind of thing. Yeah, and then also weirdly wines that are – over two liters are fine. So, like anyone who buys Magna, like double Magnums, double Magnums is good, right? Yeah, large format bottles, liters. baby. 
Yeah, like I mean, yeah. If you, so if you're like you know, if you're still ready to like pop those those champagnes for for the holidays, and you're a big spender and you want to buy a Nebuchadnezzar, you're good. You know, obviously these these are what trade wars look like, and um, you know, obviously often we're not affected, but this this definitely will impact probably I would assume a lot of our listenership who loves these kinds of things. And uh, you know, unfortunately, uh, if you listen to enough you know economics professors, they'll all tell you like tariffs never actually impact the uh, the ultimate producer, they always, they always impact the consumer, right? So sure. the, the people who are really going to feel this is us, we'll have prices raised on all of these things. And then, you know, we'll decide if we want to continue to buy them or if we want to switch, yeah. you know, so I'm sure there's a lot of countries that are kind of happy about this, right? I'm, this, this will definitely benefit a lot of new world wines um, that in the, in the United States probably have, have been overlooked and might be like, Oh good. Like now that people can't or, or may not buy uh French and Spanish and German wine. Maybe it's, it's our time. Um, that's often the goal of tariffs, especially when it comes to promoting uh, American wines, right? So um, I'm sure that the administration would argue that, well, this is just going to you, – you're not going to be screwed. You're just going to have to buy you know, wines made in California, New York, Texas, et cetera. But it is really interesting to just think about you know, how economics play um, in, in the world and now that, that it's impacting that we all really um, consume pretty regularly. And I do think that point about – um, its impact on uh, American, in particular, production and, and New World production in general is an interesting one. And, you know, obviously, it's hard to know for us sitting here, you know, just minutes after this announcement comes out, how long these tariffs will be in effect, whether other things will eventually be added, whether they'll be changed, whether there will be public outcry. Who, You know, we don't know. We're, we're, we're seat of the pants saying it here. But I will say that I would one impact I would expect to find if this is a a lasting um, tariff for more than you know a few weeks, a, f- a few months, is a a lot of people in this country, whether they're just uh, end consumers or people somewhere in the beverage trade, taking a second look at domestic production because suddenly the the price uh, argument in favor of Europe that's that's existed for a long time because some uh, production costs are a lot lower there in some ways may no longer exist, and and it would be you know I don't think it's going to hurt the the sort of really high end wine from Europe because those are going to have those those already have an audience and the price is already ridiculous as is but you know the the glass pour price you know the everyday drinking wine if that jumps 25% or more in price i think it's going to force a lot of that out of the market um if it lasts long enough i mean again we you know we'll we'll do some more research we will probably have another podcast with more detail about this when we know more um but but at the moment i mean that's i think what will what i would expect to be one of the impacts going forward 100% 100% um yeah i mean it's 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 pretty crazy um you know it's this has been we also should bear repeating this has been a, a long battle um, that's been been going on between the the U.S. and the EU over this trade dispute. Um, this actually really stems from a trade dispute that has been going on between the um, the U.S. and and actually Airbus, um, the rival to Boeing. Right, so it's that those aircraft are obviously um, benefiting. It's believed by Boeing, you know, being either taxed higher, et cetera, and therefore not able to, to compete. And so basically the U.S. is trying to push for, um, for you know, there to be a better chance for our product to exist in the market because um, it's, it's a Boeing Airbus dispute. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's really interesting. I think uh, someone tweeted, which I, I think is really, was really crazy, but maybe is, is going to be true for some people. Like, is this the time that finally it causes you to be politically active? Like they're coming for your wine, they're coming for your Amaro, um, you know, are you are you going to be pissed? Are you going to say like, look, I don't I don't love that this is happening. I mean, I don't know. Um, I do think it's definitely going to be interesting what you're saying, Zach, 
about, uh, you know, people maybe giving domestic wines another look. I mean, and that is, that, that definitely will happen. I think, like, as I was saying a little bit earlier, people, I think, will also give New World wines a look, whether those wines come from Australia yeah. or, you know, Argentina, Chile, South, South Africa, et cetera. Like, when the European wines become too expensive, um, you know, that will that will definitely happen. You de- you, you, there's got to be a lot of Italian winemakers that are very happy right now. <laughs> for whatever reason, they were not left. They, they were left I mean, off the tariff list. <laughs> yeah. Although I think you have to be worried, you know, there, there's a, I would be worried if I were in that camp, if, you know, how long will that last? You know, there's no, there's no guarantee that the tariffs that were announced today are, will, are the extent of what may be done. Um, you know, I, I, I would be, I would be hesitant to say this is all that will be done or this, even the, you know, the, initially the administration was threatening a 100% tariff yeah. on these items. So 25% in that context doesn't seem as bad, but there's nothing really stopping them from upping the tariffs if they choose to. Um, there aren't a lot of yeah. mechanisms in place, especially, you know, besides general political action to stop them. There's not a, there's not a, you know, it's a sort of at the president's discretion in a lot of yeah. ways from what I understand. Again, not a constitutional I mean, I, scholar. I think what's really funny too uh, is like, I, I feel like just looking at this list, the, the president, I feel like, may not realize that Italy makes wine or that Europe makes beer. <laughs> because those are like two of the I random mean, things that were There's left probably off. <laughs> a lot of. I think if I think if you have paid any attention to our current president, it's fair to say there's a lot of things he may not understand. It's pretty. I mean, we're just sort of saying, well, I, please don't get any ideas. But we were saying this in the office that it's just kind of it's crazy that you know some of hurting German Germany's wine production. I know that. That's going to be hard, especially for a lot of Psalms that love Riesling. Um, but as we all know, Riesling's had a hard time in the in the U.S. market. Um, but German beer does very well here, and the fact that like the wine was targeted and not the beer is is really on, honestly very surprising to me. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's just that it's thought that yeah. it's such a lower price that uh, you know a twenty five percent tariff isn't really that big of a of a rise in its in its cost. But I kind of think that is. I mean, that's a it's a pretty good chunk of money that we're now adding to the to you know to beer coming to the country. So who knows? Yeah, we'll find out, I guess. So I mean, I think you know as this story develops, we'll we'll keep writing stories on VinePair about how this is impacting the industry that we're in. Um, please keep up to date by reading us and obviously other outlets um, as the story unfolds. And Zach, I will talk to you at our regularly scheduled program right here next week. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to VinePair. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to drop us a line at podcast at vinepair.com. And if you really love the show, we'd love if you'd rate it and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and ratings really help other people discover the show. Now for the credits. VinePair is recorded in New York City at VinePair headquarters and in Seattle, Washington at Cloud Studios. Our engineer is Nick Patry, and the show is produced by Zach Joal and me. Our show logo was designed by Daniel Gridberg. Special thanks as well to the entire VinePair staff, including but not limited to my co-founder, Josh Mallon, and our editor-in-chief, Emily Saladino. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next week.